Tommy Man, can you believe that it's already the 1st of June? 2018. It's Friday. And this is Raptors in the Kitchen. That was a pretty good intro. Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, I did. You took me off guard, man. Thanks. What about you, Neil? Did you like it? It was okay. Yeah, I think it's, you've, it's, you've had better. It's a lot more casual. Like it's you know, it's like just it feels like a a heartfelt conversation between three friends rather than like this really forced, a uh, quasi scripted, reference filled. Uh, is this know, you try? Is this you trying to justify Tommy's ramblings from last week? No, not at all, man. <laughs> not at all. Those were absolutely shambolic and terrible. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't think they were because they weren't forced. Also, someone that actually listens to the podcast gave me good feedback and says, are you ever going to get that sponsorship from McVitie's? I'm really enjoying the Jaffa Cake chat. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. See, those fucking assholes, they were like, oh, that's forced as shit. It's I tell you what, bothered. Tommy, right, after this today, if I can be bothered, which is almost an 80% possibility that I won't be. How much? Uh, I will try. Percentage? 90%? No. Higher. 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 99%. In fact, there's like practically no chance that I will actually follow through in this, but I might try and find like some kind of PR... Uh, email address for McVitie's. How does that sound? That sounds like Neil would do better at that than you. If, like, what's our bar for success in this? If I get, like, a free, like, kind of just pack of Jaffa cakes, is that success? Or do we need more than that? Well, I think I we mean, should have some kind of weekly supply of Jaffa cakes, should be the goal. How many Jaffa cakes do you think that you would require a week? See if they were to send us, you know, you get like the double boxes. Yes. Right? If they were to send me two of those a week, I would be happy. Because be I would be sending <laughs> my chips. No problem. Um, you could, I mean, these days, it's always like, oh, an online petition to do a thing. I mean, recently, this week, actually, it was like, oh, um, the Turkey Twizzler, the Bernard Matthews Turkey Twizzler was coming back. And I was talking to folk in work about it. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, you know, the turkey twizzler. I'm like, what is that? And I went, it's Did like, you never have one of those? I did. I was I was surprised. They didn't. I was like, imagine. Oh, right. Okay. It's like, imagine. I've, I've never heard of this. I don't know what this is. Right. So imagine, you, you know, the old, you know, when you had a, a a landline, a house phone and it had the wee curly bit. Right. Right. It was that, but with turkey in it. <laughs> What, it's it like a, a, a phone line with turkey in it. it. It was the design was a phone line, but it had a turkey in it. It had turkey bits in it. It was from Bernard Matthews. It's really nice. Do you want to know what the technical term for that would be? What a helix. Cool. So a. Uh, mm-hmm. It was more of a spiral, to be honest. Get educated, son. Mm. Well, anyway, um, um, that that petition is up, but because uh, Jamie Oliver banned it, apparently, and folk are having words with because he bans everything cool. Bloody Jamie Oliver looking after the health of our children and drumming in the nude. Well, you say looking after the health of our children, but the end of that's up to the parents. <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, then look at how much they fuck up, though. That's the point, is that humanity is trash and we cannot actually, you know, look after ourselves properly. That's why me and Neil hate everybody. Are you advocating the nanny state? I mean... He, he does that a couple of times. Like... <sighs> The thing is, Neil, if I thought that the general populace was competent enough to look after themselves, I wouldn't. But, like, I used to think that everybody's opinion mattered and that, like, everybody should be encouraged to share their no, opinions. No one's opinion Exactly, matter. man. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, after hearing so many fucking terrible opinions and terrible ideas, I'm now of the mind that people should just fucking shut up and let people who know what's better for them uh, decide stuff. Wow. Just, you know, 
anybody hear uh, the echoes of 1984 there? Jesus <laughs> Christ. You know, just the world's full of idiots is all I'm saying. Uh, and I'm like, that wouldn't be a bad thing if they didn't also all think that they were intelligent. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, they're, they're supposed to be bringing back the turkey twizzler. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, no, man, if McVitie's what a sponsor us, that'd be lovely. Um, I mean, I think that a let just a, an email or a letter that harks back to like what one of our pals tried to do when he tried to get a Greg's made in shots wouldn't be enough, or when he tried to get him selling gladiators. I mean, to be fair, he did get a response from Greg's. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. Like, uh, they just they told him that they weren't planning on opening a store in shots any time in the near future. Mm. So, like, that... What that's... about gladiators? Did gladiators get back to him? Yeah, gladiators did get back to him. Fuck like, off! Uh, they... Did he send them a picture of How... him in a unitar? No, that's... You obviously know this story then, because that's the next part of it. Like, right. Uh, they asked for pictures of him in a fucking spandex unitar... And uh, that's when he bowed out of it. Like, he didn't want to send pictures of himself wearing that. I don't get it. So, he was willing to be on a televised uh, game show, which may, which actually, no, all contestants had to have a unitard on, but he balked when they were like, we need to see you in a unitard. I mean, yeah. this was. I, f- I find that weird. Well, yeah, because you're like, the whole point is you want to be all gladiators, a TV show where you're a contestant unitard, but you've got a problem where they want to see you in a like, So, fair play, man. Fair play. He really, he really, really tried to make that work. Yeah, he recently. Much like Fetch, but it never happened. He recently done a, a bungee jump. Oh, shit, hot, man. That's yeah, did great. Did you see the video of that that he posted on YouTube? No, uh, I, I'm not on his YouTube channel, but I feel like I should because. Not uh, YouTube, sorry, I meant Facebook. No, I've never seen a Facebook. Okay, I should because uh, a lot of time for Jambo, man. He's a good lad. Yeah, Jamie is a good friend. Not seen him in a long time. He's always like a good laugh. He is a good lad. Eh? Aye, man. He knows. He knows. Um, you you want to do a budgie jump though, don't you, Paco? I would love to do that. Like, I get the feeling though. Like when I looked into doing skydiving, uh, the website essentially told me I was too fat. <laughs> 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 I think it was like something along the lines that it said like specifically when I put my weight in it was like you need to lose 40 kilograms. I was like alright okay mm-hmm. that's like you know several children's worth of me that you know apparently is you know not allowed. Uh, <laughs> it's like a medium sized dog I need to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell that sucks man. Yeah. That's a, that's Especially terrible. considering in uh, Deadpool 2 they let Sugar Bear do it. Big Peter. Yeah, man, but that's America, man. It's different rules over there, man. Uh, so I would imagine if you're not allowed to bungee jump unless like you're ridiculously, uh, well, I say ridiculously skinny, <laughs> unless you're of normal weight, uh, then probably bungee jumping's out of the question. Ah, you'll, well. be, you'll be ripped to shreds anyway, man. You, With a Marvel the, Bod. Your Marvel Bod. The, the yeah. pro- Project Marvel Bod, man. Weapon Is X. your Marvel Bod diet going? I've definitely lost weight. Uh, but I'm now sick of asparagus. Fucking can't stand this stuff anymore. I remember, like, we had a barbecue a few years ago, and Neil made the best fucking asparagus, man. He marinated it in some fucking sauce. It was the absolute tits. Asparagus is a tits, man. It's it's, it's, asparagus is good asparagus. when you haven't been eating it several times a week for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's like. The, How are you cooking it? Uh, boiling it, because that's just what it says to uh, do on the packet. Uh, roast it. Maybe. Roast it. I've branched out uh, and I've now eaten a lot of green beans and stuff like that. Like 
uh, green beans and broccoli and other stuff that isn't absolutely fucking rancid. It's just as well you're single, man, because you, if you had a girlfriend and you're eating all that asparagus, she'd hate you. I tell you what, like, sorry for the... Uh, uh, gas is bad enough to begin with. Sorry for <laughs> the, the, the kind of more, uh, like, weak-stomached listeners, but uh, I'll tell you what, oh, having, you having steaks several times a week, mm-hmm. like, leads to, like, just... The craziest beefy farts that I've ever ever been exposed to, like you can tell that I've been eating like pretty much nothing but steak for a while, man. Like, it gets it's that odd. Point. It gets that point though, like we're. Uh, I can imagine you're still not the loosest Tyler. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, your Marvel bod or come. Speaking of someone who's got a well, it's not a Marvel bod, but a DC bod. That brings us to our next news. It's uh, our first news segment. Oh, Jason, okay, that's exactly. Yeah, Jason Momoa. <laughs> has dropped out of the Crow reboot. And uh, director Corin Hendry, uh, sorry, Corin Hardy, they're out as well. Is that so he can focus on his Aquaman? Uh, Apparently it's financial issues to do with Sony and another executive producer. But, I mean, Neil, I don't know if I've spoke to you about this, but (coughs) do you want a Crow reboot? No. That's one of the last things I want. Have they not already rebooted it like 8 million times? Well, I think no, there there was like three sequels. Yeah. um, City of Angels. I think City of Angels was the second one. I think that got a cinema release. Yeah. The ones that came after it didn't. Yeah, there was one with Edward Uh, Furlong and Tara Reid. There's one that I'm sure has got. um, Oh, what's her face? Kirsten Dunst. Sorry, tell a lie. I think it was Kirsten Dunst, not Tara Reid and uh, Edward Furlong. No, I think Tara Reid might be in one of them as well. Oh, really? There is like, regardless, though, Pardon. like the original Crow but, movie like had a really good style and atmosphere to it. It was very, That yeah. has never been matched again in any of the other ones. No. And probably will yeah. never be matched again when they keep trying to do it. Especially in an age now where everything's CG and like watered down PG-13s and all that balls. Well, The Crow had like a lot of kind of fun special effects to it as well. It was just that way it was... The Crow's kind of like... it's It stands out well because it's just... It's a period of time where you're just like, man... Yeah, the It's Crow's almost like a Gen, a Gen X kind of movie. effort. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Um, and it's, it's a cool film, man. I really like The Crow. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not that sad about it. I mean, when I remember when it was announced Jason Moore should be The Crow, I'm like, I disagree with that. I, I don't think Jason. I don't think the crow should be this hulking mass. You know what I mean? I quite like Brad, Brandon Lee wasn't a hulking mass. Yes, martial arts expert, but he just had the right look. And um, I think that I don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise, but I, I'm not that sad that this is a thing. It's like, oh, it's collapsed. Oh who, well. Who would you cast as the crow? Yeah, Loki. No, not Tom Hiddleston. Uh, I like Tom Hiddleston, but no, I, I don't think that'd be a a good fit. Have you seen all the videos going about, or the video going about him dancing and kicking over the chair? No. Which seems um, to appear every two minutes on Facebook. I uh, have not seen that either. No. Well, uh, do you know, I actually can't answer that question. Uh, I would have thought if he was still alive, Anton Yelchin, but um, uh, nah, nah. Maybe Alden Enreich, because I like them as Han Solo, but Nah. Nah, I don't see that either. Nah. See, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's too difficult. It's too difficult to like, oh man, that guy's the crow, that guy's the crow. It was, it, given the fact as well, what happened to Brandon Lee, that it was such a, not an iconic performance, but just, it, it's got its own myth and lore there anyway. Um, Do you think, I mean, I know that like a, 
Heath Ledger's Joker performance was like heavily based on Tom Waits. But like, uh, do you think the Brandon Lee Crow had anything? Like, there's there's kind of similarities there, isn't there? Like, um, not not just in the way they look, but like, in a lot of the the kind of underpinning kind of insanity to them, the characters. Uh, I don't know. Because uh, nah. the, the Crow. Nah, I don't know. Nah, I don't think so, to be honest. No. Or nothing that I could say for definite about that. Yeah. Um, I don't really see it. I don't see the Tom Waits and the Brandon Lee Crow. No. Um, speaking of... No, no, no. Tom Waits, like, I'm talking about that was the inspiration for Heath Ledger's Joker. I'm saying, do you think that the Crow also had inspiration for the Joker? Is in like Heath Ledger's version of the Joker? Do you oh, think right, it was okay. inspired by the Crow? Uh, no. 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 Um... Are you basing that on face paint? <laughs> well, just like, and like, there's like a lot of bits in the movie, just in general, that I think that Brandon Lee's performance and Heath Ledger's performance, like, are kind of similar. Like, there, might, there might be something there, but I remember um, when on set Heath Ledger, like, there's a bit in The Dark Knight where um, the Joker's been caught and he's in a cell and he's kind of looking at the camera and he's sitting in a particular way. <clears throat> and one of the production assistants, like, after the cut, he's like, man, you, who likes Malcolm McDowell out of Clockwork Orange? Like, man. And Heath Ledger's like, I was just watching that in my trailer because I've been watching a lot of that kind of Alex the Large's character had a lot to do with like uh, uh, Heath Ledger's performance. Um, so there, there was many things, but um, I, I don't see the Tom Waits thing. I um, mean, isn't that like actually on record? He based a lot of it on Tom Waits. Um, you saying that is the first I've heard of it. I may be getting mixed up, like okay, but like I remember hearing that back in the day. Okay. Um, well, internet decide. Speaking of reboots, uh, Top Gun Two, uh, Tom Cruise tweeted photos of him in the in the, in the famous uniform next to the jet. He's like, I feel the need, and the memory. need for a cash injection. Well, I mean, Top Gun Two was supposed to happen with Tony Scott, but unfortunately, Tony Scott passed away. Um, I, I don't think we need a Top Gun Two. We definitely don't. We don't. Um, but a, a director's. I, I've not seen any announcement of a director. Production's underway. Um, no, the the, I, the, the rumor oh, is it's, I, I saw I saw an announcement of a director. The rumor's the guy that did um, Oblivion and Tron Legacy, uh, Joseph Kaczynski. Yeah, it's Kaczynski. Uh, okay, so if he because like, I, I really enjoy Tron Legacy and it has that cheesy kind of high concept factor, it could work. But it's a sequel nobody asked for. Yeah. But at the same time, as you said, though, like if it comes out and it's enjoyable, then fair enough. If it comes out and it's shit, then we'll just be like, what was the point? It's not like any yeah. big loss. It's not yeah, like, it'll be forgettable. It's not like making a sequel to Top Gun is going to, you know, ruin what Top Gun was. Nah, it won't. I mean, Top Gun is such an iconic uh, 1980s film. I mean, it launched the careers of Tom Cruise. Um, I want to say it launched the careers of Goose, but I mean, I mean, ER, he did really well. I thought he was uh, great in ER, um, but I don't think and Tony Scott. I mean, he Tony Scott had made films before then, but Top Gun and with um, oh shit, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and um, was Top Don Gun... Simpson like that, that just launched the high concept film. Was Top Gun Cruise's first? No, big thing? It, it wasn't his no. first big thing, but yeah. it's what made him a star. Uh, was Cocktail before? No, Top Cocktail Gun? was after it. Uh, Cocktail, I believe, actually <clears throat> might have been the same year, but Cocktail is, you know, like 
folk remember Cocktail, but you know, Top Gun made the more money. And again, like Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson's high concept films, that I just launched that whole thing into a really nice wee golden period of action films. But there you go. Um, other news. Uh, you remember we watched the trailers for Happy Time Murders? Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. We talked about how uh, the creators of Sesame Street uh, were taking them to court because uh, the tagline for that film is No Sesame, All Street. And they took umbrage to that and they took them to court. And uh, Sesame Street lost. They lost that. Okay. And like, I mean, to be fair, I think they should lose on that one. Like, yeah. Um, they did. And the Happy Time Murders uh, creators were saying, we love Sesame Street and we're really happy with the result and we're sorry about any offence, but, you know... But also, fuck those guys. No, it was more just... This is one of the reasons the film's getting made is because the inspiration for the puppets and the Muppets are being used for it. I mean, this is like one of those things where when it comes to like American copyright law, like uh, they weaken their position whenever somebody brings something out that's like encroaching on their brand and they don't do something about it. So like it doesn't necessarily mean that Sesame Street object to whatever's happening here. It just means they have to move in it in case somebody else like uh, does something like No, I, I, I don't think this is the case in that in this one, Pago. I think this is more about uh, Sesame Street has a very... It's a very strong brand, which yes. is Child focused like on families. Children. So they don't want anything which could be seen it's to tarnished. maybe tarnish that yes. brand. Yeah, Correct. you're probably right. Correct. I am, yes. <laughs> but like, I mean, I, I would like to think that uh, my suggestion is like a little bit of influence there. No, you, like, I get your Probably opinion. Probably not, though. I get your right. opinion, but yeah. like, the, like the, when Neil said that, I was like, no, that's... Yeah, no, Neil's spot on. Yeah. I, yeah. Thought that, I, th- I thought that was it. But you have heard of that, though. Like, other folk were just like, yeah. you know, they, they need right. to... Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, next piece of news, um, The Batman, which is going to be directed by, by Matt Reeves was originally supposed to be Ben Affleck, but he dropped out because of the DC Universe is in absolute turmoil. Um, the suggestion that has been going around is it was Deathstroke that was going to be the villain, and we that was teased in uh, the end of Justice League. But now the suggestion is it might be the Penguin. The, the other rumour being is, if it's not the Penguin for this, that the Penguin will be in the, the Harley Quinn spin-off, uh, Birds of Prey. Um, but everything is very hush-hush about it. I mean, it's just... That it feels like that Birds of Prey was announced years ago. Wasn't years ago? Like I think it was, and do you know why I think it was? Why? Because I remember Lindsay Forrest talking about it. It might be one of those things where it's been in. There, it's, it's been it's been passed about. Like they announced that like a fucking long time but they, ago. They, they couldn't. I there, mean, not, there was a TV show Birds of Prey based on. The same property. Did you it just didn't it? have Harley Quinn in it. Oh. Right. Not the British one with... Uh... No, not the British <laughs> one. Well, that was just like a nature documentary thing, wasn't it? Birds of Prey? No, it was, it was a sitcom. Um, I can't remember the name of the actresses, uh, but it was a mid-90s staple at six o'clock a weekday. Oh, man. Um, but yeah. I don't have any memory of that. I remember that. Uh, and the last piece of news I've got is James Marsden, uh, you might know him from such films as X-Men and X-Men 2 and X-Men 3 as Cyclops, is to star in a live-action film of Sonic the Hedgehog. 
And the, and the thought being is it's going to be live action mixed with CGI in which he plays a human cop who befriends Sonic the Hedgehog who are going to team up to take down Dr. Robotnik. Is this the one that's got anything to do with the 22 Jump Street guys? No, Lord no. of War are not atar- uh, attached. Now, if this was Robert Zemeckis coming off the heels of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I might be up for this, but this sounds shite. Yeah, I mean, like, any, well, anything that you, when you say this is Robert Zemeckis, uh, this isn't Robert Zemeckis, it's uh, Tim Miller, who did Deadpool, he's his executive producer, but your main producer, who's kind of leading the charge on it, is Neil Moritz, who produces the Fast and the Furious movies. That has strangely got me more excited about it. Uh, would you be more? Were you excited before then? No, not at all. So you're just excited about it now? I'm whelmed. Right. So you now have a passing interest in it? Yeah. <laughs> I Like, whenever Sonic speaks, though, it's just historically been terrible yeah. every turn. Yeah. I... We'll wait for the trailer because even though you've got that team involved, I'm still not jazzed. There you go. Uh, Neil, do you have any news? Uh, just a couple of wee things. Uh, Jamie Fox has been announced as Spawn. Spawn, that's right. In the new version of that. Uh, we'll see how that goes, to be honest. Did you like the previous Spawn? No, I do not. I, it's not. Do you know, like, I think that my memory of watching. That other Spawn film, the one with like a Luigi from the Mario Brothers in it, was his John name? Leguizamo right. and Michael J. White. Like a oh, was that Michael J. White? No yeah. way, he's actually good as well. Yeah, uh, the Ken Levine, the Ken Levine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to then, to, to get you the joke there. Me and Paco used to watch uh, Cheers when it was on Netflix, and it was like written by, by written Ken by Levine. Ken Levine. And he went the Ken Levine as in the, the games guy. And yeah, like, but like Tommy obviously didn't know who Ken Levine and was. I was like, oh, so. I the Ken Levine. What the I, fuck does that mean? Yeah, but like I, I think I watched the original Spawn the first time I ever had a hangover. And I, if you remember that film, like the first hour of it is just him fucking moaning and whining. I just remember like yeah. actually just wanting, wanting to get the fuck out of the screen. Was his family not killed? Yeah, but like, I mean, you care, he was just making really horrible noises for like a fucking hour. I was like, in there with a hangover, the first hangover I had ever experienced. Why were you you working? Obviously not. This was like when I was like 16 or something. Like, when did Spawn come out? 2000, uh, sorry, 1998? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, so like you're talking like when I was like 15 or 16. Why the fuck did you go to the cinema with a hangover? Because like, we'd arranged to go to the cinema... And you could arrange to stay in your bed. Christ. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what I was in for. It was literally the first time I'd remember being on over. Mm, so, okay. there is that. So that spawned for me. Like, I associate it with hangovers. Uh, I haven't seen it since I rented the video from the local video shop. Uh, I'll watch it again, but I remember it being shite. It's not very good. Is, is it in Spawn where Legazamo's that massive he's like a clown he's like a, f- oh, a clown. Yeah. horrible clown he does become I, like a, a massive he, he thing transforms into a demon though in yeah. a blob yeah well no it's like yeah. it's like a clown dragon thing at the end it's like he's like a clown ah wait demon. no I'm getting confused with uh, the first Blade film where he encounters a blob thing and he uses the UV light yeah, to yeah, burn yeah. it yeah. right that's what it was that's not John Leguizamo no it's not <laughs> it could be but you know nobody would know what was that thing's name do you remember no 
Oh, something stupid like Pinky or something like that. What's the, what, what you talk about in Blade? Yeah. It doesn't matter, man. Blade 2 is better film. It absolutely uh, is not. Uh, uh, it is. Are you high? Yeah. I mean, Blade 2 is by like, far better. Hold on a second. In which Blade film is the line, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill? Is it A, Blade 1, the superior movie, or B, Blade 2, the one that's really shit and has Cat from Red Dwarf in it in a terrible role? Uh, okay. It is Blade 1. In the really bad bit where he's fighting Stephen Dorff. Yes, Stephen Dorff is the villain in that film. Right, of, of which two movies, blood. which one, like, fucking totally captured an iconic 90s movement of fucking, like, raves with, like, all the really cool... Matrix. I think you're fine, it was Blade, mate. It was Blade 1. It was The Matrix. Name something memorable that happened in Blade 2 that wasn't really stupid, like them setting off a grenade that with a light that turns cold. girlfriend dies and she falls into ash and yeah, all man. goes in there. Yeah, that bit's that, amazing. Yeah, that bit where he falls in the bath of blood and then when uh, Ron Perlman gets the sword and he catches it with his two hands. Also, the fucking bad guy in Blade 2 is Luke Goss. He's not the actual bad guy. Yeah, he is. No, well, he's I'm, not. Like, no, suppose. he's not. He's the son. Like, Luke Goss plays the son like, of oh, the bad guy. Stephen Dorff. Luke Goss is worse. Luke Goss isn't the villain. The villain, Neil. He's the villain for Neil. most of it. And then Luke it, Goss is not the villain, right? And then it becomes that he's not the head of the elite villain. He, Luke Goss he's, is misunderstood. He's the, he's the antagonist for a fair amount of it, but he's not the actual villain. Yeah, and he's actually been, no, he is the main villain. No, like he's the, not. the old man's Dracula's. No, that's not. That's uh, Blade Three. Or have you no? Where Dracula's a villain and he can change his face. Oh, wait, no, you're right. Uh, Blade 2 is like just some Nosferatu-looking cunt. And so then, it's not uh, Luke Goss? No, like, he's like pulling the strings and then Luke Goss murders him and then the big fight, the main fight, is between Blade and Luke Goss. Yeah, but Luke Goss murders him because that's his dick. dad. He's a dickhead. And the, the chick that Blade's well into, that's his sister, and it's like, oh man, you preferred your sister over me because I was a freak. Blade 2 was a less entertaining version of the Mortal Kombat movie. That is shite. That's like saying, no, that is utter shite. Like, that's it, it, completely, it completely lost me at the point where it had a fucking light grenade that turns corners, and then like to like avoid the light grenade, all they had to do was go underwater. That's not how that shit works. They, they would still have been dead underwater, and light cannot go around corners unless there's a mirror. Aye, that's right. Fucking fuck that film. Aye, that's right, because in Blade 1, when Stephen Dorff gets sliced, and then his wee CGI blood, like, brings him back Aye, he's together. A, he's a fight. blood god. He's, like, the blood god. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, we can move on from this and all just agree that Paco was wrong. He is wrong. I mean, I think right, we can all Morgan agree that he was terrible. I'll be putting a poll on Facebook. What is the better film? Stay tuned for that one, uh, our five listeners. Uh, my last piece, my last piece of news is just a wee update on Morgan Freeman, who has been accused of inappropriate behaviour mm-hmm. uh, and some might say harassment by eight different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has come out and made a statement, which, which, in his own words, is, "I am devastated that eighty years of my life is at risk of being undermined in the blink of an eye." I also want to be clear: I did not create unsafe work environments. I did not. Uh, assault women I did not offer employment or advancement in exchange for sex any suggestion that I did so is completely false Uh, this all comes off the back off of a report that an investigation by CNN uh, who uh, have made these allegations eight people out of the 16 that they interviewed had made the allegations on the other hand, the rest of them had said there was no other wrongdoing as far as they could see. 
So Morgan Freeman and his team of lawyers are trying to get a, retra- a retraction from CNN in order to try and clear his name. I mean, it's pretty hard to dispute eight separate people saying the same thing, though, right? What's your thoughts, Neil? Uh, also, can you read the statement again, but with evidence, Morgan Freeman's evidence. voice? <laughs> uh, if there's evidence of it, fair dues. Well, yeah. the moment it's all he said, she said. Mm-hmm. So, need just need to see how it plays out. Yeah. Let's move on. Have you got any more news? Sorry, is that you? Uh, no, that's all my news. Cool. Uh, well, let's move on. Yeah, to I, actually, oh, like, I suppose this is the time we should mention as well. Uh, after last week's show, when we spoke about so a Star Wars movie, it has amazingly underperformed. I think is like the terms going around just now. Like a, it only made oh, yeah. like eighty nine million, which is weird. But I mean, in the in the in the context of Star Wars films, yes. But a lot of folk are saying that's the Last Jedi is to blame for that. Also, also being released on Memorial Day wouldn't yeah. have done it any favors. No, that, when everybody's away on holiday. Yeah, it's... that date doesn't mean anything. Well, sorry, so, summer's not a good time. Yeah, cinematically, that date doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. And there's like loads of reasons for it, though. Isn't it? Like it got like so much bad press before that no one was expecting anything. It got mixed reviews when it was released. It's a side story rather than the main ones. It's a prequel. Yeah, it's the like, film coming. It's, oh, yeah. fil- it's the film like, after the Last Jedi. On, on the top of that Wars. as well, like this is now like what the. F- Fifth year, the fourth year, the fourth or fifth year of constant Star Wars as well. So yeah, like... but it's 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 off the back of the most arguably the most controversial Star Wars film to date, The Last Jedi. So a lot of a lot of folk are saying fans are disillusioned now by the Star Wars uh, yeah. franchise. It's, it's weird though, like even after having like a week to think about it and having heard other movie podcasts and stuff talking about it i still uh, i I'm still yeah i still yeah, maintain I'm still that, maintain like, i was like no that, I, i'm not second guess i was like when i seen that i was like no man i'm fucking confident that i want to see it again uh, but i'm confident in what we talked about not just like a oh shit maybe i was a bit disillusioned like you know that way where we're like kevin, like, kevin smith I, I, really, I really yeah. loved the phantom menace but it's like no in hindsight you just love star wars so therefore yeah. it was a bit like, like I, oh, I really shit, i, I really enjoyed rogue one at the time and i haven't rewatched it but like even since it twice since, since then like my kind of thoughts on it have kind of decreased a bit but like without having rewatched it like i'm not really sure what i actually really think of it anymore it's still good I, it's so still like so many folks seem to have a, an issue with the pacing and stuff. Like I didn't think it was badly paced. No, 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 no. Like we, we talked no. about this in the review where it felt a bit jumpy, but no, it's it was fine. Honestly, I think it's I think the the, the, the cool new thing to do now is to be like Star Wars is shit. I mean new like Star Wars is shit. Again, that's just I don't like what you just said because that's just like discrediting people's opinions on it that were they might be valid. Like sure there are gonna be people well, who bandwagon just we jump just on said, shit. Sorry. Just earlier in the show we said nobody's opinions matter. So Yes, Paco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I I didn't claim, you know, that yeah. hey, I'm gonna make sense internally at all. <laughs> uh, no, but like just, you know, like I I've seen a uh, people shoot down other people's opinions. I just, you know, I mean, I've done it in the past myself plenty of times, I suppose. But, like, just because someone doesn't like something and you do doesn't automatically mean that their opinion is invalid. I agree. And, like, what you just said there totally sounds like, oh, everyone's just jumping on a bandwagon. No, no, I'm not. I don't mean to. Sorry, but I'll I'll try and clarify what I'm saying. 
I don't think that everyone's opinion is like, oh man, there's a bandwagon, this, that, and the other. I'm just saying there's a lot of times where it's easy to discredit something because uh, it's the cool thing to do rather than be naturally like, you know what? It's and, not that bad yeah. or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But at the Again, same well, time... Bandwagon mob mentality stuff happens, but like in yeah. this particular case when it comes to Star Wars, it's right because Star Wars is shit now. Fuck! Uh, <laughs> for fuck's sake! Like yeah. it is. Last Jedi, Force Awakens. Don't start. Like they were fucking terrible films. In like, your opinion, yeah. In your opinion, yeah. My that's opinion exactly. different. I'm just saying that because we're going to get Star Wars every single year from fucking whenever now, it's something that is. It's kind of like the Marvel universe. We're like we're getting one or two films every year, and it's just going to become a staple. It's a staple of cinema where it's like. Yeah, folk are gonna either gonna get sick of it, they're gonna embrace it, or whatever. But it's gonna be something. Star Wars is not the the beloved, cherished thing it was because yeah. we now have it all the time, and uh, that's the, just what it is. The other thing in this that I find quite funny is a uh, just shortly after, like a few days after the release of Solo, uh, ads have started popping up on Facebook for like learn how to direct like Ron Howard and uh, it's just really funny to me because like even before Solo came out we were like you Ron know Howard Ron Howard is... is such a fucking run of the mill director and like even last week Neil said it could have been anybody directing this he didn't bring anything to it at all yeah. and it's like these courses come out and then like when you look at the comments for it it's awful like I just watched Solo no thanks <laughs> no but again because it's off the start because that director is in the Star Wars brand you're like yeah but have you seen Ron Howard's films? The man makes... Yeah, ever... they make money. I mean, I suppose he's, like, consistently reliable. He's Do just... you have a favourite Ron Howard film, Paco? I, I mean, there are a bunch of good ones. Like, uh... Do you want me to give you a quick rundown? Right. So he done, he done Rush, which yes. is the one that comes to mind straight away, which is an indicator there, I think. Rush like, is uh, I did, one of his best. I did not best. like Apollo 13 as much as I thought I would. Same. Uh, what else has he done? Okay, backdraft. so Willow backdraft is pretty good. Backdraft is good. Willow backdraft far and away. <laughs> the boxing one with Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, well, the the Irish immigrant goes to America to claim land, but yes, he's a boxer for we will. Uh, Cinderella man, which is actually all right. A beautiful mind, which I know Neil hates. A fucking awful film. Um, a bunch of Arrested Development stuff, or was he just the narrator? He's the narrator. Uh, the Da Vinci Code, Angels oh, and Demons. Terrible, terrible. Dan, uh, like they're, they're, like, they're, they're bad movies, but they are really watchable. Right. Uh, fucking hell. He's made a bunch of films. Rush. Rush is probably the best. Yeah, that Rush is a great movie. Uh, Frost Nixon, I recently rewatched that again. Decent effort. It's all right. Yeah. Like, I think like Rush, like, is, Rush is possibly the one that stands out, though, because before it... Like, my opinion of whenever MD mentioned Formula One, the only thing I would ever say is it's 65 laps of waiting for a crash. I remember that. I remember yeah. so, I remember watching Rush and saying, you should watch this. You're like, it's fucking... Yeah, it was like, fucking who cares? And I'm like, like, no, you, to, to me, F1 was even more boring than football. Aye. And that's like a low bar for me. Like, I yeah. hate football. But yeah, but, like, but yeah, I, was like, I was like, man, you should watch. I, yeah. it's, I mean, Rush, I would say is, it's a film where, see if someone says, Ron Howard directed, I'm like, what did he? Because that's actually stylistically quite different and yeah. a bit more it's one, ambitious. Like, it made me feel guilty for my previous opinion of the whole 65 laps of waiting for a crash thing. Because like Daniel Brühl as Nicky Lauder in that was like absolutely Nicky fucking... Lauder. Yeah, that's what I said, Chop. <laughs> he, he, was, he was really good in it. And it like, that's the movie where any time I see his name afterwards, I pay attention because like his performances are generally pretty cool. Yeah. 
Uh, and even Big Hemsworth as well. Like, uh, was that we had thought already happened by that point? Yes, yeah. we were. We were. Yeah, first we one. Were, had, we uh, were deep into the Marvel thing with them. But that, like, that movie was great. Like, yeah. uh, it made me care about a subject I previously had no care for. And to be fair, I still don't care about F one. But like, those the the story of those two is yeah. You like the unresol- really yeah, yeah yeah the rivalry movie. story. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my top three favorite Ron Howard films. In no particular, no, Rush is probably number one, but in no particular order, Backdraft, Rush, Ransom, with big Mel Gibson, oh, yeah. man. Okay. That's yeah. a fucking effort, man. Nobody talks about that. Is it? Is it? Really? Right, it is, man. His fucking kid gets kidnapped, and he's not going to pay the ransom, man. Instead, he's like, find the guy that did this, man, I'll give you the money. Deaths. Do you know, I think I've only seen the trailer for Ransom, and I've got enough out of that. Oh, it's a cracker! Because it's pretty much that Delroy Lindo, man, Rene Russo, it's, Mel Gibson. It's pretty much that line where he says, it, "Gary he's Sinise like, is the he's fucking like, nuts in it as well, man." Ra- rather than paying you guys, I'm going to pay you. Put a bounty on your head. That's the whole film. What's the point of watching it after that? Because it's like it flips the whole script. You're like, man, this becomes a kidnapping yeah. film. He's like, I'm in, not going to do that. In that trailer, it does. What's I, the point in watching the film when you know? Because it flips the script, man. Because it goes from, like, right, this is the guy, this is Mel Gibson's uh, point of view. And then, like, Gary Sinise, you're like, oh, man, he's in on it and he is the guy. So how the fuck does he, it's like, we've got a kid, but we're all getting a ransom. <clears throat> we don't really want to kill it. Look, does it end with somebody being force-fed radioactive milk? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking Have about? Have you forgot about, what was that film called? Like, the fucking Mel Gibson film where his daughter gets killed. And like Edge of comes... Tomorrow, not Edge of Tomorrow. See, I was going to say of, Edge of Darkness. I was going to say Edge of Tomorrow. And Edge of like, Darkness is good. Film. Edge of Tomorrow is yeah. the the Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise effort. Edge yeah. of Darkness, I think, is what it was. Edge of Darkness. Yeah. Edge of Darkness, good movie. Do you remember that at the end? Like, no, I don't. I remember it being the guy who the the main villain. Oh, Ray Winston. <laughs> yeah, forces him to drink radioactive. Oh milk. yeah, right. <laughs> I only seen it once, but I like that film. That was the cruise. Uh, sorry, that was a. Uh, Gibson nearly coming uh, back, and then another thing came I out. mean, it's a bit late now, but sp- spoilers for Edge of Darkness. It was in 2007, <laughs> man. Like, get over it, it's fine. Are you saying that anybody who hasn't watched it now is t- so 2000 and late? Nope, because that'd be 2008. <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners at home, nearly shaking his head. He is. Uh, I hate you guys. <clears throat> so we're going to move on to trailers. Uh, me and Neil watched all of them. Paco was... Busy. Um, Peppermint, Neil. Peppermint. Um, I, I, I'll watch it. Yeah. I think I'll probably kind of enjoy it, but not for the reasons the film probably wants you to enjoy it. So do you guys want to tell us what it's about? Yeah, from the director of Taken, Jennifer Garner is a mum. And... Uh, do, you want, do, you want, <coughs> do you want the quicker report? Okay, Jennifer Garner is the Punisher. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. That's, Speaking of which, man, did either of you guys happen film. to watch that Breaking In movie that we spoke about the trailer for? A, no. Or the Gabrielle no. Union? No. Is that still in the cinema or is that gone? Probably. It's still in. No, it's still there. I kind of want to catch that because it looks like it might be a fun train wreck. There's only one film with Gabrielle Union I want to see and it's Bad Boys 2. The rest of it? Nope. Fair enough. Don't start with Bring It On, Neil. Shut up. Right, so this is like a female version of taking a... Is she just like what an overaged action star? Then her family, her family is killed, and then she disappears uh, after no justice is brought to the killers. Trains to be an assassin, and then she's going to pick off people one by one. Does she look as cool as Linda Hamilton in Terminator Two? She does. Oh, really? Go. In yeah. the in the trailer, okay. I actually thought Garner was oh, yeah. badass man. No, it, it looks it looks like 
it'll be a decent run of the mill action film. Yeah. But it doesn't look like it's going to be anything better than that. Who made this? Who's uh, the guy who did the taking? You said yeah, Pierre. Shit, what's his name? It's like Pierre Lyell, I think it is. But put this way, it didn't say from executive producer Luke, Luke Besson, Besson. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Europa Corp effort. Anyway, it looks fine. No, it's an it's an H Brothers. Aye, okay. Yeah, that's the thing I've noticed quite a lot recently is the amount of films which they are producing. With that Chinese money. Who are the H Brothers? They're they're a production house from China, I do believe. Uh, yeah, um, I'm fine with it. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it. It looks like a, it looks like a, a fun genre film. Will it do taking money? Maybe. Um, the next trailer, the remake of Papillon. <laughs> so what is this? Neil, you can take this one. Uh, Papillon remake. Uh, Papillon is about uh, a guy in Paris who is falsely imprisoned for a murder he did not commit and he is sent to Papillon which is a prison island off the coast of French Guyana Uh, he befriends a guy a kind of weedy guy who right hold on the main guy is played by Charlie Hunan Uh, the weedy guy is played by Remy Malik. Is this, one, is this the original or is this the remake? No, this, this is a remake. remake. Right. The original is Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Right. Uh, oh, hold about, on, hold on. It's about them trying to escape. Right, but like, does, is this the one where Steve McQueen starts eating raw onions? Because he, no. No. That's Cool Hand Look and it's raw eggs. No, no, no. It's not no, raw eggs. No, no, no. Cool Hand Look's the 50 egg thing, but there's like one, I think it's a Steve McQueen movie, where like he is in for like a fucking stupid long amount of time, but like his cellmate is like getting out in like a year or two. So like he essentially over the course of that two years starts like essentially stealing that other guy's identity and stealing his traits. The other guy eats raw onions, so he starts eating raw onions and oh, stuff. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by oh, the end on, of it... Yo. I think he's right in this one. By the end of it, like he gets out of prison early because... In the trailer, I'm pretty sure um, the Hunnam takes on the... Uh, he, he basically... Remy Malik's character has got loads of money and he's like, listen, I'll, I'll help you break out. And I think he does... Uh, Basically, try to take on a and somebody's yeah, somebody identity. else's identity yeah. so he can get out of prison mm-hmm. earlier. But the film looks alright. It it doesn't <sighs> look great. It looks like a it looks like any kind of escape film. Which I mean, yeah, those I mean, are enjoyable. They are enjoyable. But if you've seen, I mean, in, in it looks that, like the kind of thing you could go on a Sunday afternoon and enjoy, and it's instantly forgettable. Yeah, instantly forgettable. The the McQueen Hoffman one I enjoy, but I don't think it's as great as everyone says. I think it's fine. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. So there you go. Uh, Neil and Paco, you've seen Mowgli, Andy Circus's take on the Jungle Book. Your thoughts? It looks. Like you the take this Paco because I could not care less. Yeah, I mean, like at one point. Well, actually, for most of the trailer, I actually thought it was the John Favreau one, and I kept thinking to myself, I thought that was already released. It was. Uh, and it was yeah. Good. So, like, when it got to the end and it said Mowgli rather than Jungle Book, I was like, all right, this is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, Favreau, and, Favreau <laughs> and his company they they beat them to the punch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I heard this was already getting made. Then that other one happened. So it they beat stopped them to the punch. Yeah, yeah. But 
I mean, the best thing I can say about this is it looks like a Jungle Book film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hey. not, that's not a bad thing. It's just, yeah, we just had one of them. What are you guys going to do different? I've just realised where I heard this information from. It was from listening to our friend Alan's podcast, Cinematic for the People, where him and Andy talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, if you're listening, Alan, I'm not just uh, stealing your stuff, regurgitating it wholesale without acknowledging you. <laughs> from what they said about it, like essentially, like rather than the Favreau version, where it's based on the animated Disney movie and its happy ending with all the songs and shit, this one is based on the book, doesn't have any songs, doesn't have King Louis, and if it goes by the book, we'll probably end quite grimly because Mowgli takes the animals back to the village and kills everybody in the book. Favreau's movie doesn't end with songs. It has two songs from the Jungle yeah, Book. Yeah, but like this one isn't going to have any songs because it's taken from the book, which okay. doesn't have songs, obviously, because it's a book. There's no way this film ends with them ta- with Mowgli taking them and being massacred. If it is, it would be I don't know. The, tra- the trailer does state that it is the darkest telling of the story you'll ever see. Okay, well, do you know what? See if it does, I'll be surprised. Would um, that be enough to warrant them making it? Like, would, is that dark well, ending? Well, when you think about it, it's, it's a diff- I mean. Also, it's... spoilers for Jungle Book if anybody actually cares about that. Like, I'm, I realise some people might not have known about it, and I'm sorry if that's. No, like... for fuck's sake, the Jungle Book's been around for years. The thing, The thing being about, like, does it merit I mean look at like several Shakespeare films and plays look at um, Ray Fiennes' version of Coriolanus where it was like a modern day uh, make a modern day take on the film but it had all the original language same as uh, Baz Luhrmann's Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet you're like yeah it's one of those things where it doesn't just need to be Shakespeare it's a well known story that has been around for in excess of what 50 60 years maybe more it is more actually and um it's a case of like you can have that. <laughs> 50 60 years for me Tommy, you know the disney version wasn't the first version of the jungle book no but what i mean is i'm talking about the story talking about, I, mean, I thought you were talking about shakespeare it was like no <laughs> i mean i what i said was it's not like it doesn't have to be like shakespeare shakespeare ran around for hundreds of years but the point being is it, the Jungle Book is one of those stories where it's been around for so long that there's so many adaptations, stage, movie, yeah. TV, otherwise, that, yeah, it just feels, in a cinematic way, it's a bit soon because we just had yeah, one from John Favreau, yeah. But if this one turns out to be, like like you said, a different beast altogether, then fair play it. Also, though, Tommy, like, it does end up just, being way darker. Sorry, Neil, you go. I was just for... <clears throat> Bit of kind of house cleaning. The Jungle Book was first published in 1894, Tommy. So years. it has been about for a good while. Okay. I thought it was uh, 20th century, but there you go. Like, if this is the darkest retelling of this story, though, like, uh, would, that would indicate that it's not for children, but like, it also looks too cartoony to actually be of interest to adults. Well, I'm trying to think when I. Who the fuck is this for? I think it was, was it before Deadpool I seen it? I think it was before Deadpool. I see it, so that was what a fifteen rated. It was film? it was on before Star Wars because I haven't seen anything else. Uh, you see Deadpool? Yeah, that was like two weeks ago. Like Mowgli. Was I, on I don't that. remember seeing that Star Wars. No, no, It must have been like I haven't seen anything else, and I saw it in the past week. Okay, you must have saw no, it on YouTube. I did. I watched it on YouTube. You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay. Um, I thought I'd seen it before Deadpool, but there you go. Um, anyway. Uh, the next trailer was City of Lies, which stars Johnny Depp and um, Forrest Whitaker, and it's based on the book that is 
sorry, that examines the murder of Tupac Shakur and uh, Biggie Smalls. Uh, it's from the director of The Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, I enjoyed that movie. It was a very, you know, whatever. Is the Matthew McConaughey one? Yeah. It's just a very whatever kind of mystery mur- uh, film. Uh, it looks okay. It doesn't look like anything extraordinary. Um, but yeah, it was very kind of, yeah, run of the mill. I'll watch this. Uh, did you see that, Neil? Yeah, I, I thought it looked quite good. Uh, before we do films, can I tell a wee story of what happened to me this morning? Look, it's got nothing to do with movies, but it's actually quite funny. Uh, when you're editing it, you can segue into it want, somehow yeah. when you go. I mean, why why bother with the effort of segueing into it when uh, we don't ever do that with any other thing? Okay, <laughs> <you go. laughs> uh, so I had to get up for work at six this morning to kind of make my way in. Uh, and this is like six o'clock on. Is this Friday? Yes. Yeah. So, like, bear in mind that this still counts as midweek. Like, the weekend doesn't really start until Friday night, right? Right. So, like, uh, I get to Bridge Street Underground about maybe 20 past six. And as I'm walking towards it, like, uh, it looks like there's a, a child, like, lying on the road with his head resting on the curb. And, like, I could see, like, a leg going up and down as if, like, they were having, like, a fucking tantrum. Right. And uh, somebody else just sitting at the bus stop, which like I assumed was like the dad or whatever, was just like, you know, just sitting there. And I was like, as I got closer, I realised that it was actually a full-grown man that was lying on the ground, like uh, just like kind of waving around. And it was his brother. Like, well, I found out later it was his brother because, uh, right. as it turned out, he was like ekied out his tits. The both of them were ekied out their tits. Like the brother that was lying on the ground, just like rolling around in the literal dirt. Like, uh, was obviously, like, mega far gone. Uh, but, like, his more lucid brother was at that total I'm drugged and therefore mega chatty with anyone close by stage. Uh, oh, uh, no. Yeah, exactly, man. So, like, it's, like, mega early in the morning. Like, I'm already looking at this ludicrous display that's going to go on. Like, uh, and then that guy starts trying to chat to us. But he starts it off by looking at us. And I'm already in my uniform at this point, which is quite clearly a Royal Mail uniform. And he went, what are you supposed to be? <laughs> and I was like, I'm a, I'm a postman. Was it like a, a, a costume party or something? I mean, he, like, he was off his tits and drugs. He might have thought that. Because, like, actually, I remember a while back here in the, uh, the, the weatherproof jackets, like the bright orange jackets, are apparently, like, uh, selling really well in, like, on eBay. For raves. For raves and stuff. Oh, for raves. Uh, so he might have thought something along those lines. But like when he realised there was actually a postman, he went, oh, like, you work for the Queen? And I went, well, I guess. And then he curtsied and went, your majesty. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? And I'm like, the double-decker bus was pulling in. And I said to him, I was like, you might want to get, like, your mate off the road before he gets, like, kind of knocked over or anything, like, ran down. And he went, oh, he's fine, man. Like, we've done this together a couple of times. And I was like, there's a double-decker bus coming. And he went, what, all right, what number is it? I was like, it doesn't matter what the number is. Get your brother off the road. <laughs> okay. And like, I got on the bus, like, to see him kind of struggling to try and move his brother before finally giving up as his trousers fell at his ankles. It's like, man, this is a, maybe the most entertaining time I've ever had that early in the day in my entire life. Well, does it remind you of living in Buclo Street? It kind of did. Like, I, I, though I don't think that I've ever you, been you, that wasted. I mean, like, there was a no, time. No, I was thinking, where... thinking more so that you, when you would, you would wake up on like a, a Saturday morning to go to your work and you would walk into my room and there'd be like 
five or six of us just being monged. Yeah, you are all and still you're awake. You're getting yeah. ready. It's yeah. weird. Like, I used to freak Diane out, didn't I? Like, uh, yeah. She's like, why, why is he getting up and going to work and we're all still here just getting wasted? Well, people make Glasgow folks. <laughs> I, I thought I think that's quite an entertaining story. That's man. funny. Yeah, it, it amused yeah. me. That's like, a bit realized, of local flavour. Yeah, I realise it doesn't have any uh, any film reference, reference but a uh, that's good, man. Um, so so movies, eh? Movies again. Um, Neil, do you want to talk about Future yes. World? Oh, <clears throat> do I? <laughs> right. So this is the uh, he's, he's got notes. I have notes. Just the Franco movie. <laughs> it is the Franco movie, yes. Future World is... I'll go into the plot in a minute, but the best way to describe Future World is like... It's like a student film. Oh. Uh, it's... I don't know, I'm scrabbling with IMDB to get up some details here. <laughs> Uh, it's directed by James Franco. But also it's starring also, him. It's also starring him, but it's also it's co-directed, uh, and I have it here. It's co-directed by Bruce Thierry Chung, whose other credits are mainly he's kind of cinematographer, but he has done Don't Come Back from the Moon, Forever Love, and that's it. Both of which surprisingly have James Franco in them. So Future World is a post. Mm. Future World is a post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, it owes a lot visually to Mad Max. Uh, you get the opening, the opening salvo of the film during the credits is it shows you in the near future, war facilitates a breakdown of civilization by. You see all these bombs going off, destroying cities. And then it opens in on uh, Franco's gang of bikers uh, reading this this kind of settlement uh, because they're looking for an android. Uh, So your android is actually going to be your main character. And she is played by the absolutely god-awful Suki Waterhouse who is, she's an actress, but she's a model slash actress. Just so like Fabio. imagine. <laughs> so she is bad they, as Cara Delvin. She's on par. Okay. She's not quite as bad as Rosie Huntingley-Whiteley. Or, yeah. Yeah. She, she's the worst that I've ever seen. I'd give that. But she's, she's close. Um, so this this android it has the usual existential questions of why am I here? What is my purpose? Do I believe in love? What does it what mean? Is to this, be you? What is this God? And so you cut from it from them to Lucy Lou in this in this bed beside a beach. And it's all nicey, nicey. So these are the, your good guys. We don't want to be violent folks. But Lucy Lou is ill. And they need to go and get medicine from the bad places. So they send out... Her son goes out into the wasteland. Comes across 
various post-apocalyptic tropes such as Snoop Doggy Dog's strip club in the middle of a desert which has full electricity, <laughs> liquor, drugs, <laughs> uh, and just what you would expect from that. Are all the strippers Mad Max themed though because it's the future? Yeah. Right, yeah, so they're wearing like American football helmets and spikes? No, it's more kind of that leather kind of leather and straps type future. Okay. What are you <laughs> 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 so uh, Lucy Liu's eventually gets uh, ripped off by James Franco's group because they have bullets and oh, apparently bullets man. are bullets yeah. are a thing which nobody ever sees anymore. Never mind that they all ride motorcycles. So where are they getting the petrol? Alright, I thought uh, they were hinting like maybe the more bikes were made out of bullets or something. No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and so Lisa Liu's kid then uh, runs away with the, the android because the android suddenly realises that killing people is wrong. That's not what our mission should be. Um, and they come across Mila Djovovic, who's the best thing in this film. Wow. Um, I don't make me lose over it. Who runs her own wee club of junkies who are all just in the middle of the desert getting high and loving life and having death matches in the swimming pool. I should do, man. That's what I do when I love life. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's crap. Utter crap. Ah, is there anything redeeming about it? Not really. Mila Jovic, I actually quite enjoyed her performance. Does she hang uh, up in a similar way she does with the Resident Evil films? Yeah, but it's, it seems to fit in this. Because um, she's not hamming it, hamming it up heroic. She's kind of a villain. So she's kind of hamming it up as this kind of junky queen type thing. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's all right. Is the lesson here that Mila Jovic can have a career when it's not her fucking husband directing her. Milos Jovovich has decent films. Are you guys pronouncing, like, is this one of those things, are you guys pronouncing her name right, or am I crazy? Is it not Milia Jovovich? I thought it was Jovovich, because she's Swedish, is that right, Neil? She's Scandinavian. Uh, I thought the J was silent. There's like a Jane Silent Bob joke in there somewhere, but... okay. Uh, I mean, her best role is the fifth element. Can we all agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Right, okay. yeah. She's also very good in Zoolander. Uh, yes, I, I would say that's her second best role. She was also She's... not very good in Ultraviolet. Uh, that film was very good. That film was dreadful. She was She's good in Children. Has she ever done a serious role? Hold on, I have her filmography in front of me. Joan Fucking of Arc. hell, she's been in 55 films. She was in a uh, Joan of Arc, yeah. Joan of Arc, yeah. Where she was, well, technically, I think with her and Luke Besson were a couple, even though she was like underage. Oh, well. Mm. It's French, you'll get away with it. He has. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's not really in. Oh, she was in Vim Vember, Vim Vendor's The Million Dollar Hotel. That's probably probably good. (laughs) She's in He Got Game. Spike Lee's Evo game. Yeah. That's a good movie, man. It's in Dazed and Confused. Good movie. Chaplin. 
Right, enough. Also good. Let's move on. The Christian oh. Slater epic cuffs. I've not seen cuffs, but I've you know, I, I haven't seen cuffs since they came out on video. Is cuffs I... better than pump up with the volume? Don't know what that is. Uh if my memory serves me, pump up the volume is better than cuffs. Right. You don't know what pump up the volume is? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a high school movie where Christian Slater runs a pri- a pirate radio station that is like quite Howard Stern esque, but, but like yeah. long before Howard Stern was a thing. That sounds like, alright. Where he was like just quite inappropriate and stuff. Like uh, his whole thing was that he was like really inappropriate over the airwaves, and it became popular with all the school kids. But then, like he says something on the show which makes one of the school kids commit suicide. And like a big witch hunt happens for him with the police and stuff like that. That sounds good. Like man. all the other school kids kind of band in to kind of say essentially like it's not his fault kind I of thing. Can... No, man, I'm, I'm interested okay. to watch that. That sounds actually good. I like Christian Slater, man. He doesn't overstate his presence. Uh, early opinion. Christian Slater is good. Uh, it contains... I love Jack Nicholson esque energy to him. He yeah. does. He does indeed. It contains the line, I can smell a lie like a fart in a car. That's not a great line. <laughs> It's quite a witty line. Like my is delivery it, was pretty it's, bad. It's still better. It's still better than that true fanboy line in fucking Ready Player One. Yeah, definitely. Shit. Well, anyway, that was pump on. up the volume. That was uh, Future World with a bit of pump up the volume. Yeah, don't watch Future World, people. Okay. I was so disappointed. Right. I remember seeing that trailer <laughs> and going, "I'm going to get ripped and watch that, and it'll be amazing." And I watched it sober, and it was trudgingly, trudgingly bad. Damn. Now, Neil, you watched Mario Brothers. <laughs> Which I watched back-to-back for Future World. <laughs> um, I know Mario Brothers, pre- sorry, Super Mario Brothers. I know that film pretty well. I didn't watch it, but I'm pretty sure you could probably cue me up a couple of times uh, when I give a description of it. So... Right. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm well, gonna. No. I'm gonna try and do this uh, from my memory. Is that cool? No, that's fine. I'll just point out that the only reason that I watched this is because it's the 25th anniversary of it, and I hadn't seen it since it came out in the cinema. Yeah, we didn't really preface this, listeners. There's nothing out this week, so we just kind of went oh, yeah. a bit gonzo and picked and chose a couple of things. We're like, ah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll just talk about that, and that's it. Because nobody wants to go see that Cersei Ronan movie. That looks a, dreadful. She's on a beach or some shit. Who cares? Um, and don't get me wrong, next week is not any better because we've got Jurassic World and that. I will, I will uh, probably go and watch Book Club. <laughs> a friend of mine at work, all I seen for his uh, review was those dirty, dirty OAPs. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to watch this film, man. That that says it all. Yeah. Really. All right, so Super Mario Brothers. Um, so John Leguizamo is Luigi. Bob Hoskins is Mario. Dennis Hopper is Bowser. He's King, Cooper. King Cooper. He's not. He's not Bowser. He's King he's Cooper. King Coop. Right. And for some reason, um, Samantha Mathis is Daisy. Samantha Mathis is Daisy. And she's some kind of like chosen child or whatever, and um, Mario and Luigi end up meeting her, and they need to go into this dimension to go find a crystal. 
Right, that. no, that's not that's not what right, it is. Right, okay, do you know what? Right, you watched it. You, it's right, close. You, hold on, hold on, hold very, on. Very Can I have close. a shot? Can I have a shot? Right, okay. So, yeah. Daisy is the princess of the Mushroom Kingdom, as she is in the games. Her yeah. dad has been, like, turned into essentially just fungus. That's right. Uh, because Father King... Played, played by Lance Henriksen. King Cooper has some kind of weapon that devolves people into what they were originally well not like the he like he became fungus because he he is essentially a mushroom yeah but so like all the folk all the, the goombas are devolved humans though are they not i don't think so no because they're not no, humans they're not because they're, they're evolved from dinosaurs right, fuck i'm gonna just sit in the bench yeah like king king cooper becomes like a lizard at the end because he gets devolved he becomes like a big t-rex how does he get devolved surely because like they evolved. use the gun on him no, like, oh. it's devolved. Which I have an issue with this devolver gun. Right, okay, but listen. Like, we'll yeah, well, that's, that. The plot is essentially that like, uh, Daisy comes through to New York uh, and like finds Mario and Luigi while they're working in the, the sewers and then they go through and help her nope. to try and displace King Cooper to save right, the okay, Russian listen, Kingdom. You've had your say. Neil's like, nope. Neil, right. just you give are, us this. You are the closest because a lot of your stuff is right what happens is at the start uh this this mysterious woman leaves a basket on a church oh, step yeah. and oh, it, has a, it has an egg it has an egg in it oh. and it has a crystal <clears throat> and the egg cracks all these nuns are watching it and it's a and, baby and it's a baby what looks like a human baby this is samantha mathis who grows up not knowing her place in the world, but feeling she's something more, uh, not knowing what she is. The woman at the start was the queen of the Mushroom Kingdom, mm. who Koopa kills. Uh, so the whole plot is the Koopa sends Iggy and Spike of okay. the Koopa kids yep, yep, yep. Uh, to the wor- to the real world because they want to get. Daisy, bring her back. I want to find her. That's right. And he want the, he wants the, to marry her. He wants a, no. He wants a crystal that she has, so that they can reconnect, um, reconnect it into the meteor that hit that hit the world. What? Uh, no, no, this broke. is all right. This is no, this absolutely is all, right. all true. This uh, is, he's absolutely right. The whole thing starts with a really shitty cartoon by this meteor hitting Brooklyn. In like the dinosaurs period, and that sent the dinosaurs into an alternate dimension, which is what the Mushroom Kingdom is. <laughs> carry on, so, Neil, please carry so on. So what Cooper wants to do is get this crystal so they can put it back into the asteroid or meteor, uh, and they need Daisy because she's the only one who has enough power because she's of royal blood to put it in and deal with the forces of energy that would be the recombining of the universes so that Koopa can take his Goomba army and take over Earth. New York and Earth. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there is a bobom in it. There's which, many bobom. Which plays like a central kind of part to the, the kind of last yep. sequence. And it also has yeah. Re- Reebok written on its feet. <laughs> they have super boots that allow them to jump really high. They're not even that yep. high. And they also have a mushroom that... <laughs> A fire flower. Mario uses... And it... No, it's a mushroom. 
Oh, yeah, it's a mushroom, and when Mario's hit with something, it uses a shield. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It just—it's right. basically just a really kind of weird film that just shoehorns Mario stuff in every now and again. Yeah, well, I said well, this to Tommy during the week that I can totally see this film getting made, whether it has the Mario license or not. It's just a really weird, cheap '90s sci-fi mm-hmm. kind of thing that would normally go direct to video. Well, Fun fact, uh, in John Leguizamo's uh, autobiography, um, he is quoted saying that him and Bob Hoskins were like, we knew it was a turd and we just drank most of the time. (laughs) And I'm like, I totally get that because Mario Mario, Luigi Mario, how many Marios are your name? You're like, fucking hell man, really? Yeah, I know, and then like that scene got reused and so so a Star Wars story. (laughs) Don't start. Yeah, like the only things I really remember about it is... Yoshi looking really weird. He's uh, not even an actual dinosaur. Yeah, and like the bit where they're stuck in a lift with a bunch of Goombas and they make them all kind of dance. I actually love that scene. Yeah. I think it's really yeah. funny. So, uh, for Goomba, for all like of it, the Goombas, for all that it's terrible and it's it is really really bad. Only one scene really kind of worked to me, <clears throat> uh, and it's where. There's a point where there's a whole uh, development <coughs> thing, like a property development thing going on in normal New York, which oh, is where they find the entrance shoot. to the dimensions. Yeah. Um, so they get they get the the crystal. Sorry for spoilers for a 25 year old movie. They get the crystal. They put it in, and uh, like. Okay, spoils for a film that came out a couple of months ago. Like the end of Infinity War, they start doing that kind of floaty away, digitized thing. Oh man, that's right. Like the ashes thing, and yeah. then reappear. So Koopa, Mario, and about three Goombas disappear out of the Mushroom Kingdom and reappear on this building site mm. where there's all the university students, there's the polis hanging about, there's TV crews cutting about filming because there's a protest going on um what's the, the empire oh, because film? the the property developers want to shut down what is an archaeological dig because they found dinosaur bones right because you know that's right, where yeah, the meteor yeah. Are. Yeah, yeah yeah like i bowser's a oh, bowser fucking king, Koopa. king koopa's version of the Empire State Building materializes for right. proper version ah. and it's all fucked oh my up God. and covered in, covered that in fungus. Oh, it's fantastic. And I love that bit. The first thing Koopa does, he gets his devolution gun, which is just a painted super scope for the for the Super Nintendo. Oh, sure and is. It, looks, it looks bendy as fuck. Gets his super scope, sees a property <clears> developer who's given him cheek, Shoots him. The guy turns into a chimpanzee. Everybody just laughs. But then all the public around just laugh at this. That would actually and be like a camera guys, event. There's, there's, yeah, there's camera guys filming this. There's fucking monsters cutting about with tiny heads and huge bodies and these guns. And everybody's just creasing themselves laughing instead of being fucking terrified. That would be horrific. Just seeing Mario... Oh, I think we've lost them. And a really, really good. Damn. Is he back? Mm. It's fucking cheap. 
Hello. We lost you. Hello. We lost you for a sec, man. Just as you were about to say, even Mario. Now we can't hear you. How much of that rant did you get? Uh, we lost you at the even seeing Mario. Yeah. Right. Even seeing Mario should be cause for somebody to go, oh, fuck, man, what's going on here? Guys appearing out of nowhere. Science has gone crazy or some kind of shit. Maybe it's <coughs> angels. Who knows? But the worst part, also, the follow on from that is like one of the very last scenes in the movies, like three days later. And Mario's in his house, which he shares with Luigi. He's got his bird, Daniela, and they're making dinner. And on the telly, which is a callback to the very start of the movie, they're watching some kind of, uh, uh, what do you call that? Like, see the shows that, like an ancient alien style show. Yeah, yeah, aye, yeah. Uh, and then Samantha and, Mathis comes right, no, 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 with no, no, like a gun that, shit. That, right, wait, that's, that's after what right, I'm telling you. Right, I don't mind that, but that sets up a sequel that thankfully never happened. This on the telly, this show's on, and they're talking about the fucking Mario Brothers stopping eight, uh, monsters. Well, they did. They're heroes, and they should be recognised for their good deeds. Aye. See yeah, you later, okay, so alligator. Right, so why are they in their... Why three days later are they in their shitty Brooklyn apartment? Because just being why, heroes why, doesn't why, automatically make you rich. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Why are people not banging the door going... He's an interview, Mario. What's happened? Why is the government not got them in a facility going? Why have you been to an alternate dimension? What the fuck? Fucking nonsense. Bullshit. Hey, I'll at tell you. Rock, at least the rock section at the end was good. I'll tell you what is uh, good in the Mario Bros. movie, though. The fact that on the, the cover for it, the two of them are standing in a power stance next to each other because it makes the shape of an M, which stands <laughs> for Mario. Which is both of their surnames. Yeah. yeah, it was rubbish. So, uh, um, I'm, you know, I'm actually kind of, I'm kind of glad I watched it because now, as an adult, I can have that opinion. Whereas, it would have been, I would have been thirteen when I saw it, and I still would have thought it was rubbish. But I might have been a bit more defensive of it because it was video games. And the the last thing you watched was Electric Dreams. Yes, yes, it was. Um. Let's see, Tommy was better off starting off this one, but he's left the room. Yeah, he has indeed. Um, Electric Dreams is 1984 film. Uh, stars Virginia Madsen and James Dahooley, who I only know as having a wee bit part in the original Twin Peaks. Oh, no, sorry, I, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Uh, it's a romantic comedy. It's uh, a techno nightmare. <laughs> a techno nightmare? For 1984, oh, it's a techno nightmare. Um, in which James Daly plays uh, this guy, Miles, who's an architect, mm-hmm. who is his life is a bit kind of messy. He's never on time for work. Uh, he's a bit of a klutz. Mm-hmm. So he buys a computer, and remember, folks, mm-hmm. this is 1984. Yeah. He buys a computer, just a home desktop, which has the same abilities as a modern-day Alexa. Have you uh, mentioned the fact that his aspirations is to make a brick in the same uh, in the shape of a jigsaw? 
because what? What? it will um, it will prevent earthquakes. What? I had not mentioned that. I just want I just want to throw yeah, that in there. Yeah, his aspiration. That, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of ideas, and one of the his main idea, idea is to, is to um, basically pioneer this new kind of brick shaped like a jigsaw puzzle. Sorry, jigsaw piece, and uh, it means that it will um, survive earthquakes. Or something like that. So, upstairs, uh, Virginia Madsen's just moved in. Mm-hmm. Virginia Madsen of Candyman fame. Yep. Uh, she is a cellist. Um, I think what happens after that. So basically, yeah, Virginia Madsen moves in, and uh, she's a cellist, and um, they're neighbours now. She's Virginia Madsen is really, really good in this film. Yeah, and, she was. She was yeah. good in it. And then uh, the main character, um, he basically starts to get his computer on the go. And again, this is 1984. And this computer, again, is super advanced. But basically, it's like, right, okay. It, it pioneers the ideas of wi- uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. That <laughs> you, you, know that, you know that computer in war games? Yes. This is better than it. <laughs> yeah, it really is. This is like the ultimate computer. And it probably costs them like 300 $300 at the time, but you're like, this does everything. So basically, this computer comes on and the first message says, hi, moles, because he forget, he put, types his name in wrong, so it's moles. He's like, hi, moles, what do you want me to do? Oh, that's cute, though. It is cute, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so basically, moles, or miles, um, gets to put these um, things, he gets these wee black adapters into his coffee machine, his um, door... Is lights and all that, and basically, it, it basically advocate it, it. It starts the idea of uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, where mm. the computer can make him a cup of coffee, it can blend his food, it can lock his door, it can do all these things. It's like really great. And then um, Miles um, decides that he's like, right, listen, I want you. But he basically hacks into his boss's computer. And oh, is that what happens? See, I kind of dozed off for yeah. about 15 so minutes the, while I was he watching ba- it. He basically and... wants to know, he, he, he hacks into his, um, his his work system and overloads. And then uh, there's not a fire, but there's a small panic. And for some reason, Miles has a No, the, it does it start, the computer starts smoking. Yeah, and there's a bottle of champagne next to it. And... You know, I, I know it's 1984, but, you know, electricity is what it is. But Miles gets the bottle of champagne and he pours it over the circuit boards and he pours it over the keyboard. And as a result of this, the computer becomes sentient. And uh, <laughs> we don't really know. Miles doesn't know this for a bit. But Virginia Madsen's cellist upstairs, um, she starts playing music. And um, because of the vent, um, the computer hears this, it recreates this uh, with a wee electronic keyboard kind of uh, mix to her rendition of Bach, I believe it is. And um, Virginia Madsen's like, oh man, I really, it talks to Miles and says, I really like your music and I think it's great. And basically he forms a relationship with her saying, like, I'm not really a music guy, but he doesn't lie about the fact that he made this music. And then the computer becomes more sentient um, and is voiced by Bud Court of um, Harold and Maud fame. And 
basically he's like, listen, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to help you get with her. But then the computer gets jealous. And whilst all this is going on, with Miles going on dates with Virginia Manson, there's loads of music that just happens. It's like an overlong music video. They go uh, to that, they go to I Alcatraz. Know. They go to fun fairs. They they talk about how much they like each other and this that and the other. But whilst all that's going on, uh, the computer Edgar. Um, yeah, hold on. The computer's called Edgar. The computer identifies itself yeah. as Edgar. But again, right. The re- the reason there's a music video style to it is that uh, Miles didn't make her a song. So the kind of music video element is listening to the song that Edgar is making Miles whilst they're dating. So he's doing, Edgar's doing all the heavy lifting mm-hmm. while Miles gets to do the good stuff. Yeah. Which is seeding that, oh, oh Edgar's a wee bit, might get a bit miffed about this. So hold on, Edgar is the computer and it is yeah. jealous of Miles because he's talking to the woman. Yes. Alright, yes. the way you guys were talking about it before, I thought that the computer was like a, a female personality no, right? no, 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 and no, it no. was getting jealous of the cellist no. for... No. That's a better that's a better tinge to it then. Like Edgar's yeah, it's, char- more, it's more it's more bros before always. Edgar's character arc in this film is the best thing about it because um it's a computer that yearns to learn and it's that way that he, he's like that to he's like that to Miles. What is love? And Baby what, don't hurt what, me. what is kissing? <laughs> what is this? What is that? And it, it, it's thirst for knowledge. And because as a result he's like you know, he's like seen TV shows and he's indulging in everything. He's kind of like Pepsi commercials and all that. It's one of those things where it's, it's swallowing up information because it wants to know stuff. Is that not what the start of Age of Ultron is? Uh, it's start <laughs> As I lot. said, this is a techno nightmare. It's, it's the start <laughs> of a lot of uh, techno films. The point being is this, like, um, it's doing all this, but Edgar feels a bit like, I want to know what it is to love someone. I want to know what it is to touch someone and feel someone. Whereas Miles is a bit of an arsehole about it, if I'm honest with you, because he's like, he's taking all the credit and uh, him and, Vir- and Virginia Madsen's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're a couple and it's nice. And you've got this musical uh, music video element to it. And there's a bit where I thought it was, I thought it was a really cool bit, Neil, where my, uh, Edgar asked Miles, uh, what is it to dream? And he's like, oh, it's when you, you know, and he starts to explain what a dream is. And then this really weird animation part goes into it where you imagine what the computer sees as a dream. And uh, that bit was quite well done. Yeah. And what it, com- it what it basically shows is like the jigsaw uh, pieces as bricks as buildings. It's basically encompassing all these things that it's learned uh, from listening to Miles, listening to uh, Virginia Madsen's character, and after a while, the computer gets pissed off. He's like, "I want to know what it is to touch someone. I want to know what it is this and there." And uh, Miles is like, "No, nah, you can't ever do that." <laughs> is this and a that, thinly... that, that, that moment? Sky it became self-aware. <laughs> is this a thinly veiled like a like what's the word for it? Not parable. Like that is this essentially Frankenstein? But with a PC, uh, not really because nah, Fra- Frankenstein. Nah. Frankenstein was intentionally made. Uh, Edgar's an accident. Yeah, but it's the whole idea of like this creation that gains sentience and like it is wronged and becomes resentful for it. No, right, okay, no, I get that. because 
<laughs> Edgar's never really wronged, given that it's a piece of tech. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on, Neil, though. Hold on, because it... How very technophobic of you, Neil? No, no. That's, that's, I would disagree with that. And the reason that is because Edgar, like... <laughs> because Edgar's got access to everything, it phones, like, chat shows and it phones... It basically feels trapped in but this But the internet room. didn't exist in fucking 1980-odd. How, how does it have access to everything? This computer didn't exist in 1980-odd. This is a fucking... A fantasy... This is Alexa... Like, fucking, uh, like I think Neil. This is twenty years god. down the road, yeah. Alexa. Yeah, this is a, yeah, this is Alexa <laughs> as a god, and this is what this film really kind of conveys it. But at the center of the film, it's basically this love triangle, and it goes really dark. Where um, uh, Edgar is like. I'm contained to this house and I don't like the fact that I can't feel, I can't be this, I can't understand this, I can't understand emotion. And then come the end of the film... It gets a body. Edgar realises that um, he can never be human and or or have, or, or experience these emotions the way he's been taught. And he basically, he basically says... I hope you're happy, but I've got to go. What does it commit suicide? Kills yep, himself. Chooses the right path. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> it's. It, I mean, like the you know, movie. The it, whole, get, it gets really dark. See yeah, that, it's that conversation. Get, 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 yeah. The whole yeah. the whole movie does sound like a shitter version of Ghost in the Shell, though. If I'm being honest. No, it's no. It found Ghost a voice. Shell, now Ghost, it needs a body. No, can he get one? So no, it tops itself. Ghost in the Shell is much more intelligent and more complex. That's why I said a shit version of it. Okay, <laughs> but uh, by the end of this film, it's a bit of fluff. Sorry. By the end of this film, though, the way it ends again, this film was made in nineteen eighty four, so fuck yous. <laughs> it's one of those things where Edgar Edgar chooses to kill himself, but he leaves the tune. We'll always be together in electric dreams, and broadcasts it worldwide for everyone to hear. And he says, dedicated to the ones I love. And then you see uh, Miles and Virginia Madsen away in the car, going to enjoy the beach. It also cuts like folk on oil rigs at the beach, uh, in their house, doing are they yoga all, are classes. They dancing and stuff? Is They're it all like, dancing to, we'll, to uh, we'll always be together in Electric Dreams. And honestly, I smiled like fucks. I was like, man. Was the, the Bill I, and I Ted ending? Yeah, quite, it's exactly like that. The, I quite liked the wee bit where it showed you the radio station trying to turn it off. Yeah. Because they knew they hadn't put it on. It's the total... It was by a go. It's the total Bill and Ted bogus journey um, ending, and I really enjoyed it because, I think I said this to Neil, it showed an optimism in humanity that I've not seen in a long time. <laughs> and I really... It was 1984. <laughs> and I really... Well... I mean, I that was during the Cold War, then. wasn't it? Like, was that not, like, a bad time? I, I wasn't even born then, but the point being is, like, it was the, it was showing the world being positive and in unison of this song. And for a brief moment, everyone was just happy. What's was better, like, Electric Dreams or Robbie Robb's In Time? In Time. Damn right, it's In Time. That's not even the end of that film. I know, but like it, it's, it encapsulates what you're talking about just uh-huh. now. Like people being unified through music. Yeah. Just like a Jesse J's classic price tag. Oh, that film sucks. That's why that, that film, film sucks. Um, the point being is like Electric Dreams is 
a complete cheesy bit of fluff, but there's a nice sweet charm in the middle. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's nice it's enough. It's a Twinkie, like, is what you're telling me. Hmm? It's a Twinkie. Uh, I mean, Have you ever actually eaten a Twinkie? Yeah, they're pretty good. They're not good. Overrated, is what I've heard. Just fucking preservatives, really. Like it's, yeah. it's like the worst donut with the most like just artificial sugary center. Electro Dreams is like that. Um, it's like that chocolate dessert where there's sponge on the outside and there's a nice chocolate gooey center. Okay, I think that is called a chocolate sponge. No, no one knows what it's talking about. Quite, they'll quite often be called a chocolate bomb. Chocolate bomb, that's what it is. There you go. Electro Dreams is a chocolate bomb. <laughs> hey, um, either you guys got anything more to say about it? No, honestly. Um, no, it's, it's it won't nice. do you any harm if you watch it. It won't do you any harm not to watch it. If you don't see it, you haven't missed anything. If you do see it, you probably think the same. It's it's all right. Yeah. Of your uh, certain, of your certain. Sorry, if you are of a certain age, um, you might appreciate it more. But if you weren't born just after the eighties or during the eighties, uh, you you'll probably think it's a fucking stupid piece of do shit. You know, see see if I'd what see if in nineteen eighty four, I'd saw this film and, well, not not just me. Like I can imagine people in nineteen eighty four who aren't tech savvy at that point in time, of which this film actually shows at the start how untech savvy a lot of people are, even the people selling the stuff. Um, um, if they weren't tech savvy, I could see people going, oh, these computers are dead good. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's the future. Um, I was going to say, can I ask, um, obviously I was out of way for a bathroom break, um, but did you mention that the person that sells, that sells miles of computer Makes it just sound like fucking easy. Yeah, I never mentioned that. Would you make it sound easy? Honestly, it's it's one of those things where like, it's this is nineteen eighty four, and uh, this is a personal computer. Like you know, it's one of those things where, see the way like the whole thing where Miles buys it and whatever. You're like, that is not how you set up a computer. It just it was just so I won't say ahead of its time. But it made it look mega easy. I think Neil's quote was, it made weird science look like a documentary. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you can believe that this com- that computer exists, they made Kelly LeBrock. I, I mean, I thought that's I where it was going to go. Like, just, when you guys were talking about how like it really wants to be able to experience touch and all the rest of it, it was like, the, the logical conclusion is that somehow they managed to, you know, get it to either possess somebody or make it an artificial body huh. is how I thought that yeah. story was going to end I think one of the real strengths of this film though right, is it's a cheesy bit of fluff but it does explore and go places because the actual character arc of the computer of Edgar is actually really interesting Miles mm. um, is not a great actor he's very wooden no he, he's the worst thing in it he's very wooden and he's very kind of but then is the character maybe supposed to be like that <clears throat> yeah but I think it could have been. I think Timothy Hutton could have done a better job than him. Yeah, I would much rather have had Hutton. Yeah, Virginia Madsen is absolutely adorable in this film, and Bud Court as Edgar is really he's great. Um, yeah, is that so it? That's it. That's it for uh, Electric yeah. Dreams, and they also for the show. So, uh, if you guys like this, then please share it, subscribe all that nonsense crap you can find us at Raptors Podcast on Twitter 
I'm PacoRUK on Twitter, Tommy's Vast Destruction, Neil is Scorch808. We're on SoundCloud. Please, please, please tell your friends. Begging. And I will have a poll on Facebook in 15 minutes and Twitter on what is the best blade. Blade 1 or Blade 2. And uh, you know what to do. We'll also be back next week with the inevitable train wreck that is Jurassic World. (laughs) What what day is that out? June the 6th. Don't know. Oh, I'm at the list for that day. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so uh, that was Raptor in the Kitchen. Good evening. Have a good night.